Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. It's benefit season. We all know providing benefits is a cornerstone of employee retention. But many small businesses are priced out or completely disqualified from providing health coverage to their employees. Not any longer. Now, PCA members can get health coverage and they can even tailor options to meet their company's needs. To learn more about all the benefits PCA has to offer and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. This episode is brought to you by Estimate Rocket, Angie, and APC. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, the show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. On this episode of the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast, we host repeat guest Zach Osherman. Zach is the owner of Osherman Painting, a residential painting company based in York, Pennsylvania that does approximately $2 million in annual revenue. In this episode, Zach deep dives into creating a winning company culture, the do's and don'ts of employee hiring and retention, and how to consistently generate five-star Google reviews from your painting customers. Zach also elaborates on a difficult employee situation he is currently facing and some mistakes he has learned from in the process. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Zach, thank you for coming on the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast for round two, man. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate having me. Yeah, so your your first episode was extremely popular. Uh, this idea of secession planning, uh, changes, cultural changes, the fact that uh, some good changes are, are not always well-received by everyone. Um, it's been a while. What's been going on since we last spoke? How, how has that been going culturally? Um, pretty well. I mean, um, I had a conversation with, uh, one of my employees yesterday. It was interesting. He's, he said, um, that he knows that he enjoys working for me because he's going to get taken care of. Mm. Um, he said that in other jobs that he's had, he's had to go kind of grovel to get pay increases. Yeah. I, um, I make it a point, especially in the spring and summer, <clears throat> I can't do it so much in the winter just because, you know, we don't make as much money in the winter, um, to review how everybody's doing, you know, what they're getting paid. And I give, you know, little incremental raises all the time. Um, and guys love that. Uh, I don't even have time to sometimes even tell them that I did it. Um, <laughs> so it's just kind you of just a little, see a little more money come in, huh? <laughs> yeah. A little surprise. 
eyes in there, you know, when they see their direct deposit. But, um, and yeah, he loves that. I'm only ever in six months of running or not six years of running the company. I've only ever had two people ask me for raises. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I I do. I pride myself on that. Um, because before I, I came and worked for my dad and take, took over and everything, I worked in corporate situations and I hated that you had to wait till your annual review to ever get any kind of raise. It, it just kind of weird. Make, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Like if you're yeah. doing well, then why wouldn't you get rewarded? Um, so that's that's what we do, and it's worked well. Now it's not all about uh, money, of course, um, but we try to do a lot. I mean, we did a, a local Hershey Bears game um, not that long ago. We're gonna do a cookout on Friday. You, you took the whole team, you're saying, to the game? Yeah, as many as could, as could come. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things, I think a lot of downtown cities and towns have done this recently. I, I very much enjoy it. It's called uh, First Friday um, in downtown York where they uh, block off a bunch of um, restaurant areas and they set up the tables out on the street. Um, so I'll, you know, put out that, hey, I got a reservation for 10 people, first come, first serve, come on down. Nice. That's, a, that's been great because it's a smaller group. So you get to have more of a conversation, you know, more one-on-one um, with the guys. Or I'll even say, bring your wives down. Now, kids, probably not <laughs> for that one. But, yeah, it's, it's good to, you know, have wives and wives down and learn a little bit about them. So. And so you, you'll take them out to dinner and comp the whole thing and they get a nice night out and feel well cared for. And, and you're kind of building that culture and camaraderie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, it's great, man. Yeah. We, we try to do as much as we can. I mean, one of the, one of the things we, we run, um, uh, WhatsApp feeds. So everybody checks in every day. If we get Google five-star reviews, I try to put those out right away. So everybody sees, nice. you know, Hey, we've got a good review. Um, try to give them accolades as much as I can. I always try to say thank you or I appreciate you as much as I can too. They're the ones out there doing the work. Like they're yeah. the ones dealing with the heat and dealing with, you know, bugs and all that stuff. Yeah. We're, we're working hard to sell projects. Yeah, that's true. But you know, they're the ones that are growing the business because they're doing the work and the customers like what they're doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, my wife and I started an auto detail business quite a long time ago and I did some of the detailing and I'll tell you what, I, I like sitting in front of the computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that stuff's hard work, man. Painting's hard work. Yeah. It's, it's good that you express the appreciation. Yeah. So, you, so you and I were, were chatting a little bit before we, we, we kicked off the podcast and you were talking about an issue that you were having with an employee. Um, someone you're probably going to have to, have to let go and, Obviously we, we don't need to name names or anything, but I think all th- these are tough conversations. These are tough decisions. So I'd love if we could just kind of hear a little bit about that and, and the process built, building up to it and, and what you're doing. Sure. So we're to the point now where, so what I did when I came in was I would project manage and I would sell. Um, but as we grew, we realized that we needed another salesperson. So we got um, another one. He's great. He's full-time. He's been with me um, for four years now, almost five, I believe. Um, He was a crew leader before. um, So he knew painting. Um, He was actually a carpenter even before that. So he's great with talking to customers outside um, about water issues and all that stuff. But we got to the point where 
even him and I couldn't handle all the sales. So we needed to hire someone else and we tried to do it uh, uh, in a part-time model. And I think that might've been our downfall um, because we didn't get a lot of great applicants um, that way. Um, So I think this next time, if we go at it again, we'll probably do it full time. Um, So you hired a part-time estimator. Yeah. She, I mean, yeah. that was the original thought, but after, you know, especially in the spring, but how many leads that we get, I mean, we just get inundated. She was pretty much full time. Um, how we were doing it was she'd get paid for each visit and then she get a percentage uh, of the gross, um, which I think worked out okay. But, um, my other salesperson is, you know, base plus commission. Um, so, you know, there's, there is a strive to go out there and sell for sure. But, you know, if he has a bad week or, or two, it's okay. You know, he's still going to. So she, so she would get paid. Do you mind sharing those figures? Sure. It's uh, she was getting $45 a visit per visit. Um, and then uh, we pay her mileage. So she didn't have a company vehicle. Okay. And then um, she get 4% um, of gross. 4% of gross. And then your other estimator, he's on a, a salary and then he gets a commission. What does that commission look like for him? And so it's 38 base and then 4% on gross. 4% on gross for him as well. Yeah. Okay. So if he, the, the point with that one is if he sells, you know, his goal is always to sell a million uh, a year okay. or more. Um, That's what you're looking for is your KPI. You want to hit over a million. Right. Okay. Um, and I mean, there's top sales guys around the country that are doing two. Sure. Um, so there's, you know, I, if things go as planned, um, there's no reason why you can't hit that or, or do sure. more. Um, and that gets them, you know, into the mid seventies, you know, low eighties. Sure. You do know. you have a, a certain close rate you're looking, you're looking for from your estimators? Yeah. For, we like to be between 40 and 45% is what we like to hit. Yeah. Got it. And so you think, you think you started off right off the bat, you started wrong, I guess, with this other estimator. Yeah. Putting it out there as a part-time position. I don't think we got as good applicants as we would have, if we would have said it was full-time. The other thing was, I think we rushed it a little bit. One of the, I was thinking about this this morning or even last night, because I knew we're, you know, I was coming on this with you. Yep. One of the tough things for me and I think for any business owner is, okay, when do you just make it happen? You know, it just needs to happen. So you make it happen. And then when do you take a little extra time, you know, slow down to speed up? Because you have to figure that out sometimes. And what It's what, not always easy, man. Knowing, right. knowing when to massive imperfect action versus when you better be cautious. Right. So I think, I think with her hiring, we were a little too, we didn't take enough time with it. You know, we should already aim. Yeah. Yeah. We should have taken a little bit more time um, and just maybe walk through some disc profiles and done that kind of stuff um, too. And we, and we didn't, um, she's just, she's very personable. Um, she, you know, gets along with the um, customers really well. It's the detail stuff. Um, and I was just, uh, I just read a book by, by Jeb Blunt called People by You. And it was interesting. He he talked a lot about how 
you know, you want to create that trust and it's great that the salespeople are nice people and you need to be nice when you're there. And that'll get you maybe the initial sell, but you have to have the detail in there for the long term. So it made me think, well, okay, so she's selling that initial one, but if she's missing stuff and the crew and the crews are going in there and the customers know that something's not right, communication isn't correct, things aren't in the proposal right more than likely she's not going to sell that next one. You know, the customer is going to have a bad experience when the crew's actually there and they're not going to call us back, you know, cause, cause we're either going to be calling and saying, Oh, oh my gosh, we missed this. You know, can we split the cost of it? Or it, and that, that just puts a sour taste in a customer's mouth right away. See, so it's great that she could have that camaraderie and, you know, relate um, but the, just miss the details and she's six months in something like that. So at six months, you should be able to, you know, start getting, getting some details done. Sure. You're, you're going to under, and I, maybe I hit on this a little too much. Um, cause I just, I want people to, again, we talk about culture. I want to feel people to feel comfortable. I do believe in when, you know, even when I started selling, of course, I'm not perfect. You're going to underbid stuff. You just use R. I mean, you're going to miss something that needed more prep or, or whatever, but you can't, you can't miss not having the enough, enough material costs in there. You know, that kind of thing. Like that's just real basics, you know, basics of estimating. You got to get that detail in there. So kind of making, making pretty serious rookie mistakes six months in. Right. What, what, um, well, I find it, it interesting. Obviously you do have to have that attention to detail, but for an estimator, for a salesperson, you know, there's such a focus on the personality being engaged and getting people to like and trust you. Um, that I think sometimes, you know, we think, oh, the project manager, that's the person who really needs to be detail oriented, but you can't totally overlook it. Or you're, you're going to create what you're saying is this disconnect uh, between where the, where the company is. I mean, ultimately, it makes you look unprofessional, like you don't know what you're doing. Right. My, see, I have, my crew leads are all pretty experienced. So, you know, if they, if everything is in the work order correctly, they have the paint that they need, you know, for the first couple of days, they're pretty good to go. I mean, we don't really, you know, we of course get status updates and, and that for scheduling and all that, but I, I don't have to micromanage them. If they don't have all that information though, it can spiral, you know, fast. So again, it's, yeah, it's very important that all that detail is in there and multiple times a year we'll hear from a customer, Hey, your proposals are really well done. You know, we, we appreciate that detail. We appreciate that that's in there. So that's one of the reasons we went with you because the, the, the uh, competitions quote, you know, is a QuickBooks quote or whatever. And we're going to paint this, <laughs> you know, it, no, there's no detail there, but you got to take a couple extra minutes and put the detail in there, especially at our target market. I mean, we're, we, our target's pretty high. I mean, yep. um, we're not hitting a lot of interior designers or crazy high, high markets. Um, but we're up there, you know, our average house in Pennsylvania that we work on is probably, you know, 400 to $500,000 house, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's had a bad experience with a contractor along the line. So a lot of it's about establishing that trust and the more detail you include, the more they, they know what they're paying for, you know? 
kind of the antithesis to the number on napkin kind of deal. You want to be the opposite, opposite, absolute opposite of that. And that's one of the things that my dad and I had um, conflicts about early on when I first came in too, because back, you know, in the seventies, eighties, even the early nineties to a point, you could still go in, you know, yeah, we'll paint this, this, and this, and uh, it'll cost 1500 bucks or whatever, shake their hand and everybody trusted each other. And the deal was done and you came and painted it and you got paid. I mean, that's the way it was 30 years ago, but that's not the way it is anymore. And there's multiple reasons for that. You know, young people want to see detail, liability. um, If something goes wrong, it needs to be in there. State regulation requires certain things to be in there. You know, there's a whole, it's a whole different ball of wax than it was, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So with, with this estimator that you're going to have to let go, can you kind of walk us through what, I guess, what your process was over the past six months, maybe to try to not have to let her go and then how you're handling, focus on, on sort of handling this conversation. Cause this is always a touchy sort of a difficult thing. So, the, I mean, what we did was we hired her, I believe it was uh, early winter or something like that. And, um, uh, she did ride alongs with me. She did ride alongs with my sales manager. Um, and probably again, like some of it was probably my fault that I kind of let my sales manager do most of the training. Um, and I trained him. So it was kind of one of those things that, that I would just, Hey, how's it going? You know, are you making sure this is done or that's done? Um, and then she would ride along with me. Um, and there were, winter for us i know for a lot of painting companies too is a critical time to sell stuff so there was times where i had to you know just trust that the training was happening correctly because i needed to sell this commercial job or that job or this job so that we could keep the guys going um we had we were down to only being like three or four weeks out for work um in january and that was the first time I had, we had been that low in three years or something. We were just used to being out three months. So, I mean, I think we were not looking back in retrospect, we were fine, (laughs) but you know, just, it was, it was a weird feeling um, to be in um, because, you know, a couple years before that, there were times when we were only a week and a half out or something like that. So you, you, it didn't make sense for me to freak out. Maybe I did in my head a little bit. And when that happens, I'm the one that's going to put my, you know, foot down, put the pedal to the metal and make sure things get sold. And we're going to do what we have to do to keep the guys going. So that, that was a little bit of why I think I let mm. some of that go. And, and, you know, it was just bad timing maybe um, that way. And then what we've done recently is we use paint scale because they're estimating software. So um, we have all the production rates and everything in there. Uh, she'll go in, she'll put all the dimensions, substrates, all that good stuff in there that it'll spit out. Um, before she sends it off, we'll check it. Um, we'll go in there and go through it all. Um, and that's really where kind of the rub happened uh, over the last month and a half, something like that. It's been okay, you know, have this ready to go before we even review it. You know, right. is, is this is this 100%? 
you know, I want to go in there and maybe tweak one thing and say, oh, you're awesome. That's good. Good to go. And it was just almost every single one, there was something just completely missed. And they just, you don't want to be building it yourself, half building it. Right. Right. I want to review it quick. And then, and that's what, that's what uh, my sales manager would do when I first trained him, you know, he would copy me in on everything. Um, and I might have a little critique. It wasn't much. And you know, just, well, think about this or make sure you spelled this correct or just little, little silly stuff. Um, but when you look in his proposals, he had everything, everything was in detail. All, all that stuff was good. Yeah. Um, and he underbid stuff. Cause again, we work on old houses. You're going to underbid stuff there and there and it bothered him a lot. I could tell that it, that it bugged him. I there, she's had a couple of jobs done, um, that we've completed that she's, you know, quoted that have gone over hours and it didn't feel like that even bothered her. Right. So maybe that sense of pride or accountability doesn't quite seem to be there as much. Right. And that bothered me that they didn't bother. Her. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, on. it makes sense. <laughs> you want someone who cares, who takes pride in what they're doing. Right. So basically right. the, the two, it sounds like the two mistakes that you feel that you made were that you, you attracted the wrong kind of candidates with your job posting uh, by making it part-time versus full-time. And then you, you sort of, I guess, abdicated responsibility in a way for the training where you thought, oh, well, I trained him. So train her. And maybe it wasn't quite as structured. Um, maybe it wasn't quite as well monitored or, or, or the, the SOPs really weren't there in a way to, to make sure she was set up to succeed. Right. And I feel bad. I mean, it, this afternoon is going to happen. And I mean, I will, that's how I'll start the conversation. You know, I feel bad. I think maybe we, you know, didn't, give you all the tools right away that you needed to um, make this happen. Um, but in all honesty, it just isn't going to be a fit um, sure. anymore. Um, and I really do think that she could have a future in some kind of sales because um, she is good with the customer. It's just, just, just not, <laughs> not with us. So Yeah. M maybe something that that doesn't require so much detailed estimates right on those lines. Um, so, so let's kind of shift gears a tiny bit and focus on the culture at your company. Uh, what's been happening, you know, post secession um, with your, you know, taking over Osherman painting from your dad. How is that all going? Going pretty well. Um, I, my guys are, so I think I forget if we talked about this. I know we talked about this at the last, um episode people, of people will will uh i mean yeah. we, we filmed it quite a while ago so feel free if you repeat a little bit it's okay okay yeah um it's they i think we talked yeah we one of the things with my guys is i always say you know i appreciate you thank you all that yeah to the point where <laughs> i remember a couple months ago there was one of my guys that said you know he could for some reason i forgot to and he like called me out on it <laughs> <laughs> which awesome. is cool that's that's yeah. awesome i appreciate that um but yeah it's it we go i mean just like anybody else we, it's up and down a little bit um mm -hmm. I, I seem to it feels like it goes down a little when i'm not around as much so like i was uh at the pca expo for a week um yeah. about a week after that i took a personal vacation just because mm -hmm. we april and may are always 
huge bidding seasons for us. So I try to get away a little bit right before that to recharge my batteries. And it seems like when I do stuff like that, I get a little more disconnected. Um, and you know, we, it feels like we're, you know, going down a little, but when I get back in and reconnect, uh, I can build the team back up pretty quickly. Um, and it's just doing little stuff. I mean, it's just, Hey, I'm going to be in this area tomorrow. Um, you guys are five minutes away. You want to go grab lunch. Um, sure. it's, um, when we had a guy hit, uh, well last yesterday, I promoted a, an apprentice to a painter, you know, uh, recognized him in the morning meeting and everybody cheered him. Um, he's been with us for 11 months. Great kid. Um, had a guy hit five years on Monday, recognized him through social media. Nice. Um, that kind of stuff. I mean, th- those guys, they like, you know, having that little bit of individual attention um, like we all do. Um, so why, why wouldn't we, it takes me, I don't know, five minutes to put the little pictogram together with the the pictures and say, you know, congrats on five years and you're, you know, you're good to go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny to me. I mean, I read different, a lot of different books and, you know, they, they talk about how, you know, guys get mired down in the day-to-day and they don't really work on culture. And I really do think you have to constantly work on it. You know, yes. you just do. And I think one of the reasons that we just get inundated with leads is that I try to use that culture in our marketing too. And I do believe that a lot of potential customers really see that. So one of the things that I tried to model um, almost right away when I um, started doing the more marketing side of things. I give credit to my guys. So if you look at our social media feeds um, through Facebook, Instagram, you'll see uh, Brent and Liz were on this project and they're doing a great job. You know, I, I, I call them out. Yeah. Um, and I do see, I don't, I don't want to give myself any credit, but I have seen that other contractors are starting to do that a little more, which is cool. I appreciate that. They, they need to, on my personal opinion. Um, I think in the past there was this old school thought of, well, they could be gone next week. So why would I recognize them? Cause then <laughs> what does it matter? Like they, like they might take away some of it or something if they leave. Right. It, it doesn't, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the, the next customer isn't going to care that, you know, that will, yeah, they were, I saw them through social media. Oh, they left. Okay. You know, you, but you recognize the other crews too. They're good too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you, now, do you have customers? Do you have customers actually say that? Like, like if there's someone who's been, let's say Mike and, and there's been a lot of Mike's great, Mike, this, Mike, that you ever have a customer say, Hey, is, is Mike going to do our project? All the time. Yeah. So Joe, Jody, um, was won the craftsman of the year award for 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. my, yeah, my, yeah, senior crew lead. Um, he's 33 years now, I think. He gets a lot of that because he's, you know, we he's done a lot of the same customers over and over again. Um, and the other guys, a couple of the other guys get that. Hey, can I have this person back or that person back? And a lot of times we try to do that anyway, you know, because they they have a little bit of a relationship, they know the house, they know the dog, they know the you know, how to get in this or that way. So you're not relearning, you know, a new, new person. 
Um, and if they really like their work, you know, that's great too. But you're saying, you're saying when they want this, this is mainly repeat business that we're talking about right now. Right. So if, are there ever new customers that they go on? You know, obviously most prospective oh, okay. customers read reviews and they say, Hey, I want, I want Mike because I read a lot of good things about Mike. It's probably, it doesn't happen a ton. It's probably, it happened, I wouldn't expect it to. And yeah. it seems like that would be the fear would be, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to pump Mike up because then if, if Mike leaves, then well, Oshman painting doesn't really have the glory, but I, I didn't think that, that that level of, um, attention to detail or, or that level of specificity is likely to really be common among prospective customers. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe I can think of maybe two or three of the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, not it's, something that people, not something painting company owners need to concern themselves with. Right. Right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. The, the benefit that you're going to get from Mike being motivated by that and from your other employees, not just him, but other people seeing, wow, you know, look, look at the attention he's getting. Um, because he's doing such a good job, I'd love to kind of get some of that as well. That's right. gonna be a hundred to one versus any kind of concern that Mike may no longer be an employer at your company. It's almost like we create a little like friendly competition, you know, amongst mm -hmm. them. You know, um, we do so we have a big push to get Google reviews, um, and the crew leads um, get a, a small they get forty bucks for every Google review that they get. Do they have to be, does it just have to be the Google review? Do they have to have anyone mentioned by name? How does that work? We don't worry about that. Just the review. Yeah. Okay. Just the review. yeah. Um, and then, I mean, that's been great. And it's a little bit of like, and then what we do too is I said a certain amount, I think it's like 42 for the first six months here or something like that. Cause I try to hit certain milestones that we, mm -hmm. you know, need to get hundred or 150, whatever. So it really um, depends on the time. Um, but, uh, what, what else we do is, so they get that $40, but whoever gets the most in six months gets another bonus. And then if every, if we get the overall goal, everybody gets a paid day off. Oh, that's great. So then it, it's friendly competition, but it's also collaborative. Right. Man, I love that. Yeah, that's that's huge for me because I, I I don't want I don't want it to be nasty amongst them at yeah. all and and you know I want it to be a collective goal. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's been that's been big and they hit it the last two two times. So it, we're pushing them a little harder this time, um, but that's okay. They need to get pushed a little bit each time. So you guys, how many? What does that target look like typically for you guys every year? How many reviews are you trying to get? This six months, I think we're trying to get like 45, something like that. So you were in between 90 and a hundred, um, as we grow a little bit, we'll, we'll try to push up more, um, with, that. there are times when, um, I don't think I have one, but, um, during COVID when we, you went out to eat, at least in Pennsylvania, they weren't allowed to give you menus. Yep. So they gave, they had those little QR codes yep. on the tables. Um, and it gave me an idea because it was always an issue trying to get that Google link to the customer. Yeah. So I, I got, I, we made these little half sheets for each crew and it says something like, thank you for allowing us to do your work. I, I really hope you appreciate it. I wish you would, um, you know, show whatever for, uh, for my crew and it, has the picture of the crew lead it has their signature and then it has a qr code directly to the google review um site 
you know, Google my business site. And then um, it has a Facebook QR code to recommendation QR code. Um, so you know, they take their smartphone, they hit that QR code, it takes them right to the link. Um, that's been great too. <laughs> Worked really well. Um, but yeah, but the issue now is we have the Facebook QR code on there and they don't get credit for that. Because <laughs> early on, Facebook recommendations seemed good. But then Facebook was kind of burying them. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Facebook, they seem to sort of gate them a lot or, or something. I mean, Google does this too. So they both do it. And I think the, I think it's an algorithm where for whatever reason, they decide that some reviews are fraudulent and, and that's why they do it. And there's really not a lot you're going to be able to do in terms of disputing that or, or trying to get the review to show up. But yeah, Facebook seems to do it quite a bit. Have, uh, he's not really a competitor. He's a startup. I think he's maybe a year or two in. Definitely has fake reviews. You can tell. It's like 35 stars with Eastern European names and no review written. <laughs> like, what is this? this? Is a bunch of five stars. Huh? <laughs> yeah, nothing, yeah. No, no details whatsoever out of 30 reviews. Yeah, that's you're, much. you're originally from Pennsylvania. You know there's not a lot of Eastern Europeans. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a bit much. Yeah, don't do that. Right. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> uh, talk about talk about sending the wrong message. You know, for for prospective customers who who dig into that even a little bit, like okay, it 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 uh it doesn't really convey trust. No. We'll, we'll put it that way. No. Um, it's short. You, oh, go ahead. It's it's shortcutting. They they know that that's yeah. important, so they're going to find a shortcut to, to make it happen without doing the work. Sure. Yeah, yeah and you and you really. You really don't need to, you know, if, if you do things the right way. And what I really like about what you're saying, because this, this QR code is big, you know, a lot of people don't do it, but some people do do it. What I haven't heard about, I got to stop saying do, do. It's always weird when I, when I use that. Um, some people do it, but uh, now that I have a five-year-old, my mind goes to places like that. But um, when you guys having the, the picture of the crew lead and the signature, that's unique that personalizes it so much more because people want to give reviews to, to the project manager, the crew lead, to the painters that are on site. That's who they have a relationship with. They don't have a relationship with Osherman painting. Not really. And I think it's, I think that understanding is important for painting companies owners, especially as you scale your business, you have to keep that, that sort of small personal feel that human connection because nobody really cares about Osherman painting, but they're right. probably going to care about Mike. Right. Cause they one know. Of, yeah. My, one of my favorite contractors, uh, you, you, I'm sure you know of him, uh, Rick Holtz out of Richmond. Mm -hmm. If you read a lot yep. of the reviews, they, they have like 14 crews. If you read a lot of the reviews, it talks about how it still feels like family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they're really good with that. And, and as, I mean, we want to grow a little, we don't want to be that big, but we want to grow a little right. and that's, you're right. That's the the special sauce is figuring out how to keep that, keep that in the culture, keep that in the business so that people do feel that special touch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy when you're small and you're the owner and you're providing the estimate, obviously you care. And then if you're still even doing some of the project management, I mean, they are going to be served well because it's your business and you really care. And the culture is just you, but as you grow, that changes. Right. So what is, so it seems like right now, one of the issues, and correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, if I'm totally out of left field here, but it seems like one of the issues that you're struggling with is you've, you've come in, you've introduced all these cultural changes, um, 
I know in the beginning they weren't well received by everybody, but now it's, it's breeding a lot of loyalty. People are excited. Um, but when you leave and you're not there for a little while, there's sort of a, a downtick. So you're kind of, you're kind of carrying the onus at, at this point of the culture. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we run, so they, each crew has to check in every day. Um, so even when I'm gone, you know, if I see something good, I'll try to comment on it. So that they know that I'm still seeing what they're doing. Seeing and, yeah. yeah. Seeing what they're, what's going on. Um, but it's, it seems like, and I, and I very much appreciate this. I think you have to have this to a point. I have a very good uh, office manager that, mm. you know, when I do go away, she tries to, you know, insulate me so that I just have the time away. Sure. Yeah. You I know? need a break. Right. And I think, I think sometimes when issues happen, when I'm away, you know, it, she's great and all, but it just, she may handle it just a little different than I would or whatever. And it, you know, it can cause a little bit of tension. It's not humongous by any, any means, sure. but it just, yeah, it's just a little different. So, yeah. And that's a tough thing. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a thing most people don't even think about, you know, most people are thinking about, well, if I step away or there's a quality of the work going to be maintained or, or the estimates going to go out on time, you know, this and that you're at kind of a, I would say a different level where that stuff's not really the concern, but it's this, it's this other level that most people never even really get to or think about the cultural aspect and you being the driver of that. How do you one day, and I don't have the exact answer, but how do you one day, make that so prevalent, you know, almost have some sort of chief happiness officer. So, you know what I mean? It, it almost some kind of different position to just, to make that culture run by itself. I don't, I don't entirely know what the answer is to that. Right. Yeah. And I think I just saw Gary Vaynerchuk added some kind of like some person like that to his marketing. Did he? Yeah. Some kind of chief happiness person or something like that. Yeah. And you hear that in a lot of big corporations, but you're right. Yeah. It's, that, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle for sure. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a personal, uh, element, you know, it's, it's not as easy to systematize and, and tie some KPIs to it and put in the SOPs, uh, <laughs> you know, as production and things like that, where it's just kind of, it kind of runs. One of the, one of the things that I, the, that I kind of pride myself on a little too, or just a company in general, it, we have a crew leader meeting every Wednesday morning and they, they come in at 6.15 every Wednesday morning. And, you know, even that early in the morning, they'll be laughing about something or, you know, check, you know, get on somebody else a little bit about this or that. They're, you know, it's they're a good team. They, you know, uh, help each other out and they can they can laugh and have a little bit of a good time too doing it. That's that's huge for me. I mean, what, yeah. When I first came in, it was only like six or seven guys. And it was like going to a funeral every <laughs> Every week, Palmer, <laughs> down. Oh. <laughs> their heads Man. down. What am I doing here? Are we done yet? Yeah, yeah, that that kind of stuff. And there's times where I get where my office manager just got to say, okay, we got to speed this up because we'll, oh, it's good stuff. We'll get you know off on a tangent, you know, about good things, but it's, okay, now we got to, <laughs> yeah. Make happen. So yeah, in the past, oh my, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Man. And that's, uh, that's great to see, you know, it's that, it's that qualitative aspect. It, it does shine through in terms of profitability and, and growth and retention, but it's not all about the numbers and you can't really, you can't quantify something like that. You just see it. Well, and now speaking of the numbers, have you, I mean, do you guys track 
employee retention? Do you guys track stuff like that? Have you seen that change at all? What is that like? My so my employee retention numbers were were actually really good up until last year. I mean, I had had something like eight percent turnover. Wow. It was wow. really low. Um, last year was tough, and I've heard it weird. It was a weird year, man. Yeah, I heard it was tough for everybody. I I think we might have had a couple bonus surfers. Um, uh, yeah, everyone was was trying to snipe that that talent, if you will. And we were, um, you know, we were off. I think it was like four hundred four hundred dollar bonus if you lasted a certain amount of time. It seemed like two or three of them lasted that time. Wow. <laughs> on to the next one. Um, yeah, last year was just with COVID and everything. It was it was strange, and I, I, um, I hired some apprentices that, you know were less mature than I would have liked. And we had issues there and um, we have a really good apprentice now. He's older. Um, He's going to be great, I believe. So um, yeah, last year was just rough. And I I do want to get back to that, you know, pre 2021 numbers. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The um, I can tell you from my vantage point, we had a whole lot of conversations with people who really weren't qualified to work with painting marketing pros because everyone and their mother uh, thought that they could run a successful painting business last year. Right. So it was, it was interesting to see, to see some of the the thought patterns that were happening, I guess, because of the, you know, that, that wide disparity between supply and demand throughout 2021. You may be surprised by this. Uh, a lot of people have that are told, are told this. I did an um, apprentice painter ad through indeed mm-hmm. about a month ago. Had over 200 applicants. Wow, that's amazing, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> what, how, how'd you uh, just kept what, coming? You put in the ad, man. Well, I think a couple of things. Um, we do pay pretty well, so our, our apprentices are starting between 19 to 21 an hour. Um, and then I have a couple of things in there. What we do is we guarantee a raise after 60 days. Nice. So if, you know, if they're not going to work out, typically we know before 60 days, so they don't get that raise by 60 days, they should have grown in some aspect. So, so they're start, they're starting already pretty high and you've basically set it up where it's almost a probationary period. Cause they're going to be even higher. Right. Yeah. They're going to get 50 cents or whatever. Um, yeah. So they, I think a lot of applicants like that. The other thing, thing was I talked a lot about how we set up a training manager position um, this year and we it's not as good as I would like we're gonna we're gonna keep working on it um, we do have a training program um, where the apprentices just or apprentices are just with the training manager um, and they don't get bounced around uh, uh, to crews and all that and I think people really like that too because I think there's a lot of ads out there that talk about training but some don't do it at all. They just, I was at the paint store this morning. Um, and the, the uh, manager was talking about someone else that had just gone through and they said, yeah, they have trouble finding some people. And the one employee showed up and didn't know how to put a ladder up. Well, did you ask that question? Right. Did you talk to them about ladders at all? Did you do any kind of ladder safety stuff before they even got on the site? That's not the that's not the employee's issue. That's the right. owner's issue. That's the management's issue that you didn't do everything you needed to do before that guy got on there. You know, that that's the kind of stuff you gotta slow down a little bit and figure out. Yeah, don't don't put it on that guy because he didn't right. know how to put a ladder up. 
So you're, 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 you're showing the applicants that they're going to have the structure and the training and, and actually have it. So people are feeling, uh, I guess, more comfortable coming to you that, that they're going to be cared for and set up to succeed. Right. Okay. Um, Zach, what other advice or what else do you want to, what other advice do you have to share or, or what else would you like to say before we wrap this up? Good question. Um, I've seen a lot lately of guys that are just um, through different Facebook groups and different things that they're getting overwhelmed with stuff. Um, and we all do. Uh, I just think that we all need to figure out, you know, ways to, to vent that frustration. And um, if you do really good work, you know, keep going. You'll be fine. Um, I've had a couple different guys come through recently that, you know, have started their own thing um, within the last couple of years. And I really hit them to say, you know, make sure that you're charging what you're worth. Yeah. You know, don't, don't be charging $25, $30 an hour. Right. Um, and then wonder why you're still in that Honda Civic and, you know, working out your Honda Civic in two years. Like there's, there's reasons for that. If you do good work, charge for it. Um, yeah. That's, you know, I try to, you know, impart that in people all the time. So I think, and that's just good for our industry overall, you know, charge what you're worth, do good work, but charge what you're worth. Yeah. Don't, don't cut corners. Don't undercharge. It reduces the entire industry. You know, there is that fear, especially when you say people who started their business in the last few years, there's always that fear of, of charging too much. And I think if you're going to err one way or the other, you're, you're typically going to err that you charge too little. I think we get sometimes with our customers that we don't get signed up for, they almost feel bad that they can't afford us. I know that's weird to say, but it, it's like they would really like to use us. They tell us all the time, but it's just, well, I just can't afford it. And that's fine. Sure. You know, it's not that they don't see the value. They right. just don't have the budget. Yeah. And that's good. I mean, you don't, you don't want that customer because you need to provide the service that you provide while making it make business sense for you. Right. I mean, we pay like it's with the apprentices, they're making starting at 20. Um, my average pays almost 25, 26 an hour now. So yeah. There's a reason why our rates are where they're at. Yeah. So. I think that's great advice. Zach, uh, if anyone has any questions about this is how, how can they reach out to you? Well, you can go on our website. It's ashranpainting.com. Um, my email is Zach at ashranpainting.com. I'm in a, in a couple of different of the uh, Facebook groups, the painting contractors group. I think there's a couple of them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, you're, you're around on Facebook. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm around a lot of different. You can look through yeah, my Facebook and, and contact me that way. Um, and I do every couple of weeks, somebody contacts me about something and yeah. I'll help them out as much as I can. That's, that's all good stuff. Yeah. Well, Zach, thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing all this, man. And, and really appreciate you coming on the show again. Thanks, Bernie. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. 
And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.